Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been sponsored by my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I'm a business and life mentor, a workshop facilitator, a soul-led entrepreneur, and host of The Afterlife Podcast. I'm passionate about supporting people like you through transformative courses, mentorship, and trainings so that you can live the life that you choose. I love all things time management and helping the people that I work with to master their mindset. I truly believe that life is a precious gift and when we can learn to be at one with our thoughts, when we can learn to love ourselves, control and master our time, we really can live an extraordinary life. I have a whole bunch of free offers on my website and I strongly encourage you to go and check them out. I'd love to keep in touch with you. You can find me over at Lauren Grace Inspirations and all the socials as well as laurengraceinspirations.com. And I strongly encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. Two times a month, at least, I send a positive newsletter that's all about helping you to live the best life possible. I always include a card of the day, a business or a strategy tip, and I also include a spiritual lesson. I would love to have you join me and I'd love to join you on your journey. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Lauren Grace. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. So this is a replay from a Facebook Live featuring myself and also my dear friend Candace Planch. And uh, we have a little series we like to call the Light Hour, where once a month we do top 10 tips on a variety of different subjects and topics. And this month we were really focusing on how to help yourself elevate in self-love. So I hope that you will enjoy the episode. Grab your notepad and sit back and relax. And we are live. Good morning, Lauren Grace here, joined by the beautiful Candice Planch. And welcome to the Light Hour. And today we are going to be talking about 10 secrets to elevate self-love. Candice, can you tell our listener at home, our viewer, why it is we decided to go with this interesting subject? Is interesting the right word? <laughs> it's interesting the right word. Um, well, we we did originally have it set for Valentine's Day, didn't we? And we always, yes. you know, one time of the year that I think we all don't nurture ourselves enough or all the time, I guess, we don't nurture ourselves enough. And this has been definitely starting a new year. This has been coming up, especially for me. Um, prioritizing, I think there's a real big shift between self-love and self-care has become this big it word and it just everything gets lost in translation I think and what truly comes down to being self-care and self-love or whatever you want to call it it kind of stems to the core of everything we are and everything we do I don't know if you agree with me Lauren but if you are not in tune with loving yourself in a really authentic way um, I think it stems into every aspect of your life. Yeah, I agree because I think that when you are enough for yourself, then the outside opinions, the outside um, kind of like the boos, but also the yays don't really register in the same way. 
I feel that when people are sort of stuck in the cycle of getting high on somebody else's supply or allowing other people to really derail their journey uh, through negative comments and things like that, I find that that can really be detrimental. And when we know to fill up our own tank through self-love, growing in confidence, then we really give ourselves sort of the best shot at being able to navigate life on our own terms and not having to look around for permission or approval or validation or confirmation. Absolutely. And I think life, yes, life is about the highs and lows. But when you get to a point where your highs and your lows, you know, you don't have as many lows because you feel you're not looking outside of yourself for those highs, then, you know, when you're not getting them from an outside source, you don't feel so low. And the lows are maybe not so low or don't they don't last as long because you know exactly how to bring yourself into that space. And I think it's, you know, what we're talking a lot about today is really not so much about once a year thinking about yourself or thinking about yourself when you're feeling truly awful, because that's when we tend to take care of ourselves, right? Um, it's learning about yourself and learning what what works and giving you the tools so that self-care just becomes or self-love just becomes a part of who you are and you don't have so many highs and lows and you just you just always feel so the big things in life that come you you already have the tools or you're already pretty self-sustaining in yourself to cope with those things yes 100 percent. so well said so why don't you talk um, a little bit about who you are and yourself so that for people who aren't familiar with you and all the amazing work that you do can kind of get a crash course yeah, exactly. Summarize your life in like one minute. <laughs> it's like, please don't go over. Um, so for those of you who haven't met me before, um, I'm Candace Planch and I am a crystal healing master, a Reiki master teacher. I started my journey because of a dark night of the soul, as Lauren likes to call it, which happened seven years ago for me, um, about, thereabouts, maybe longer. And I really just jumped into this way of, of healing myself from within. I wasn't willing to go down the antidepressant route. I was, everything was really debilitating for me. Um, and I had to learn how to get on with life. And I live now with no anxiety, no PTSD, um, no depression. I truly do love myself. And yeah, I have my bad days, but uh, I pick myself up really quickly. Like literally, usually within about half an hour, I'm able to pick myself back up and and bring it back together. And I really put it down to energy work and, and all the self-work that I've done. And now I get, I have a healing space in Backers Marsh. I work with people online and I just love bringing the tools that I've learned and the energy healing skills that I've learned to everyone around me. And I'm sorry, that was longer than a minute, but <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's all good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I love that, you know, as we learn and grow, we're able to kind of refine sometimes some of our processes. And one of the cool things that I love about working with you is that you and I have very different backgrounds. And so we're really able to complement each other in, in different ways. So my name is Lauren Grace. I'm a business and life mentor. I've been working 
for over 20 years in media and online platforms as an event producer. Uh, I have recently discovered in the last few years or rediscovered, I guess you could say that I'm also a medium and a seer. And I'm super passionate as well about helping people to master their mindset as well as grow in productivity. So manage their time so that they can get more of their life back. So today, and I'm also the podcast host of the After Light podcast with Lauren Grace. So today, as Candice said, we are going to be talking about 10 secrets to elevate self-love. And if you aren't familiar already with how we like to run the light hour, Candice goes away on her own and I go away on my own. And we look at the subject for our talk and we come up with our own tips and tricks. And it's not until we come together right now in real time that we learn what the other person has done. So what's really interesting and what Candace and I love about this is like the element of surprise. Did we come up with the similar ideas? And uh, how, yeah, and how, even if we did come up with the similar ideas, you know, do we have sort of almost a different perspective or take on that? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go one for one. Candace is gonna share a secret to elevate self-love. I'm gonna share one and we'll go all the way through to, the 10. Now, one thing we would love to encourage you is if you are catching us live over on Facebook or on YouTube, that you do feel comfortable asking any questions. And we will, of course, get to them if there are some there. So Candice, my sister, would you like to kick us off with I invest will. in keeping yourself vibrant? Ooh. Yes. So yeah, this is my first tip. And I feel like maybe it's one of the big ones. I usually, I was thinking, I was going to save this tip for the very, very last, but we talk a lot and we always go over and I feel like at the end, by the end, oh. I'm like rushing, right? So this one here is a tip that I probably always push down about myself, which is why I wanted to put it first and foremost, right up the front, in case people literally listen to this for 10 minutes, they get this one nugget, which I actually saw recently, I was watching some docu-series, I think it was on Gaia, um, and it was basically saying that you either spend the money on yourself now, or you spend later. And you spend it when you are so unhealthy and you feel so terrible and you spend three times as much and you probably aren't able to work and you don't have the money to spend it then. And this comes mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, every aspect across our lives, we tend to go, I don't know, like, okay, so take the way we eat, for example, we tend generally go organic food so expensive right but the quality of that food the chemicals that you get in your body from eating just regular off-the-shelf stuff it might cost you twice as much now to buy organic broccoli but the pesticides and all the things that you know that go into your body that you might pay for down the track or it might be three times more expensive to eat you know, healthy vegetarian kind of salad, but it's so much easier to grab two-minute noodles. But right now, two-minute noodles, yep, it cost me $1.50 to eat two-minute noodles. It might cost me $6 to eat a salad. But I will pay for those two-minute noodles down the track, likely when my body starts shutting down. So, you know, I spend, my family spends between $40 and $60 a week on celery. 
I well, juice every, for the entire family every single day. And that is an investment that I make in us and out my family. So that's just one little thing that makes, I know makes us feel better. I know makes our skin feel better. I know it gets us going in the morning. I know that first thing in the morning, I'm getting something incredible into my body and into my family's body. So I'm willing to invest that money now because otherwise I will likely be paying down the track for it. This comes, you know, this is whether you do yoga, this comes down to energy healing. And it might even be, you know, for your business for time management for whatever it is if you don't spend the money on that personal assistant or the productivity course or whatever it is to get the things that are just making you feel overwhelmed feel sick feel tired make you not feel your best if you don't invest in yourself right now then you will pay for it it might be it's like a short-term game for a really long-term loss because you have a little bit of extra money or you have a little bit of extra time. It doesn't even have to be money factor. It can just be time, you know, 20 minutes a day. If I don't have money to spend on myself, then commit 20 minutes a day to meditating or to taking your shoes off and putting it on the ground. It doesn't have to be, you know, spend a four, like, Stay within what you can afford, but get the best food that you can get. Do the best things you can do for your body because you're totally worth it. Does that? And one of the it? things too, even water, just mm. drinking enough water is super yes. key. And mm. good quality water, filtered water or, you yeah. know, like spring water or we've got a fancy, you know, filtration system in our house because we're here for life. Um and it's we've noticed a huge difference with just, you know, having pure filtered water and the way we feel, the way, you know, you can't smell the chlorine that comes through the water. It's totally worth whatever whatever investment you can put in yourself is never a waste because you will. You will pay for it when generally when you're feeling pretty rotten. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And I know I was listening to the Life Coach School podcast a while ago and Brooke Castillo, she's the host of that. And she was talking all about how uh, she just invests in her brain all the time. Always, always, always investing in her brain, learning, reading, courses, everything that she can do, eating well, all that kind of stuff. And I think that sometimes, you know, especially with people who might be doing it a bit tough, you know, feeling like, oh, I, I wouldn't invest in the 40 to $60 a week in celery. But it's about doing those minor changes like you're talking about. It's about maybe, you know, not not feeling the pressure and putting the pressure on yourself to do everything, but understanding, like you said, what is going to keep you vibrant, what's going to make you feel a little bit better. Because I think we do cut a lot of corners sometimes right now where we go, oh, maybe I don't need to do that. Or maybe I'll, you know, our minds talk ourselves out of things. And we kind of forget that, well, we only really live in the now. So if we're actually not taking responsibility for doing whatever we can to feel better now, then tomorrow's not guaranteed to us anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we Promise feel terrible us. now, you're, you know, you're manifesting capabilities. You, you're going to keep feeling rotten when yeah. you're feeling you're when you're in a slightly higher vibration, that's your new benchmark. And suddenly the opportunities that come for you, the money that starts to come in for you is mm -hmm. a whole frequency yes, please mama yeah exactly <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like if you're in a situation where you can't afford to spend 
however it is, you don't even have $5 extra. There is, you know, the library has just a, you know, an overflow of, um, of books and resources and audiobooks and stuff. Go down to your library, start reading, you know, spiritual books mm. or books about business if you're in business or just books about self-development, things that light you up just to, just to help you or make some, make some switches in your in your uh budget so okay maybe i don't need this but i'm going to invest it in that instead yeah and just look at look at things and go am i really putting my resources into myself yeah i love that all right so my second or the second tip although these aren't really in order you know they're all i think equally important and really can stand alone on their own so one of my secrets to elevate yourself in self-love is to forgive yourself and i feel that when we say oh forgiveness it just sounds cringe kind of but i think that um for me in my own journey and candace i don't know if you can agree but i feel that you know when we spend a lot of time almost like looking at situations and that make us more of a victim or wishing things had been different, that we spend a lot of time kind of holding ourselves hostage in a way, like keeping ourselves small, keeping ourselves as a victim. And I think that what we need to understand is that we're operating at the level that we're operating at. When we know better, we can allow ourselves to do better. And so we just need to forgive you know, everything that we've ever done, we need to understand that we were operating a different level of consciousness. And so were the people around us and we need to forgive and move on. I really feel like it's super important. And I think one of the things that sort of comes up with forgiveness, number one is like, well, how do we do it? The other thing is like, but I don't like these things that happened to me. How am I supposed to forgive them? You don't have to like them, but you have to accept that they happened. And you have to just decide that you don't want that to be your story anymore that you're ready to allow that chapter to close so you can move forward and be, you know, this strong, powerful being, giving back to yourself. So one of the techniques that I love is the Ho'oponopono technique, which is a Hawaiian technique. So one of the things that you could do is you could get a piece of paper and you could write down a list of grievances or thoughts or people or situations or whatever, just even dot points. You don't have to flush them out unless you want to. And you can go through the list. And essentially what you do is you go through the list one at a time and you go, I'm sorry, I forgive you, thank you, I love you. And now when we say I'm sorry, it's like I'm sorry that it happened, the situation went the way that it did. I forgive you could be yourself, like I forgive yourself, me. I also forgive you, everyone that was involved. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to grow. Thank you for the opportunity to overcome this particular challenge. And also, I love you was just, you know, I think when we can learn to see through the eyes of love, we really can create the most incredible life for ourselves. And so it's kind of like starting with ourselves where I love you, but it's like, I love you understanding that we're all souls doing the best that we can. And I often will say, I love you, Lauren, at the end, because I personally believe that forgiving yourself and forgiveness itself is a lot about us forgiving ourselves. Because the way that I operate my life is I believe that I attract the things that happen to me. So if I attract these experiences, even if they're difficult, I have to understand or I understand for myself. And, you know, of course, our listener at home, you can just, you know, running through your own filter is always important. But when I go, okay, so I understand I attracted the situation for whatever reason, where's the lesson? Where's the opportunity here? 
So what you can do is you go through your list, you do the Ho'oponopono technique, and you can literally cross off the list as you go through. And I like doing like a physical cross off, or you could just do like a zoom like this with your with your hand and you kind of cross them off. And if you have written it down, you can safely burn the paper and kind of release it off to the universe, or you can bury it, however you want to do it, and just allow yourself that freedom to be able to move on to the next level. I love that. Yes, absolutely. And forgiving yourself, it comes, it's such a hard word, forgive, because um, people do mm -hmm. think that letting people off the hook, like that, that these things, if I forgive it, I'm going to forget it. And it's not even about that. It's never about that. It's just about releasing yourself. It's about mm. releasing yourself from the, from bur the burden and just yeah. saying, no, you're absolutely right, that I'm not going to let this be a part of my life. I'm not going to let this hurt my life any more than it already has. Um, yeah. So I I love this one. And I, I've i got a little bit of that one later on, but I'll, um, <laughs> I'll leave it there and we'll cover it again later because I think it's so important. So beautiful. Perfect. Uh, my next one is be aware of what allows you to feel your best. And this really comes down to everyone is totally different and like understanding and tapping into yourself. And there, there's never like we see it all the time on social media that, oh, you know, you need to, oh, I feel my best when I run 30 minutes a day. And that might work for one some person and that might not work for you. So I think it's really about spending time with yourself and listening to your body your body knows what makes you feel good we do tend to go for the things that give us really short-term gratification like i'm so tired i'm gonna go grab a coffee or whatever but if you really listen to your body and go okay is this coffee really what my body needs or is it that it needs yes something? it is <laughs> You're like, Lauren is like, yes Don't take coffee, yes girl. it is <laughs> And that's exactly right. If that is, I have this debate with my husband all the time because he drinks coffee and I don't drink coffee, but he drinks coffee and he loves it. And he has this love-hate relationship with coffee because he knows mm. that sometimes the health benefits and like, well, or the yeah. way it makes feel, the cortisol that it, um, the adrenal fatigue and all these sorts of things. So he has this balance of does it, is it hurting my body or is it helping my body? And we go round and round in circles about this. And then we realize that when he cuts it out, the way it mentally makes him feel like he's depriving his body in a way, he's mm. taking away something that makes him truly happy. So for him, that makes him feel his best. He only has one now because he's managing that, but that mm. makes him feel his best because it gives him a kick in the morning and it makes him feel good. He enjoys the process of making coffee. He enjoys the taste he just and he hasn't been able to find anything that substitutes that so for me I'd say drink your coffee if that's if that makes you feel your best then drink your coffee but it comes down to so when I am at my worst um, which doesn't happen very often anymore but when I was at my worst I had to go to bed at eight o'clock at night and if I went to bed any later than that it would elevate anxiety it would it, I would not be able to sleep it would send me into panic attacks and things like this so understanding that your body is different to everyone else's and not listening to you know part of your mind that's going yeah but I really want to watch another Netflix or your you know partner that's like oh well, don't you want to watch a movie or don't you want to chat or whatever if what you need especially 
you know, for to, for your balance in your life is to go a bit, go to bed at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, eight o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock at night. Then that's that's what's going to make you feel your best. If it's yoga, if it's meditation, if it's mm-hmm. celery juicing, whatever it is, write a list. Get out there and go. Okay, at the times in my life when I felt my absolute best, what was I doing? Keeping a list of these things is so important because I don't know if you're anything like me, Lauren, but when things start going well, girl, I forget. I'm like, and then all those good things that I've been doing just start to drop off. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I've got all this time in my day. I have all these things. And then suddenly you start to feel bad again. And you go, I don't know what's wrong, right? I don't know what's wrong. So have a list of those things that are kind of not negotiable for you that you know will make you feel your best and make time for them. If it's I need 10 minutes to shut off my mind and you don't have to call it meditation, you can literally just mean I need to put my headphones in and shut off everyone else in the world and just Mm -hmm. go somewhere else. You can be listening to ACDC for all I care. It You know, it's just allow yourself to have that time but schedule that time in and understand that this is what I need to feel my best Um, and when you start recognizing what those things are it is so powerful because you stop looking at all these perfect people on social media that are going oh I do this I do that and I look amazing and I feel amazing Mm -hmm. and you stop comparing yourself and you go you know what that works for you but these three simple things what works for me and if you keep those three simple things in I promise you you're just gonna feel so much better if you if they are non-negotiables how do you recommend that people who feel guilty about you know doing that you know because sometimes when something feels your best like for example taking 10 minutes out I think one of the things a lot of people struggle with in relation to self-love which you know in relation to self-care as well is a lot about feeling that there are other things that they should be doing. Yeah, stop. Stop because it's nonsense. It's just your thoughts. Just nonsense. It's nonsense. It's, you know, it's, it is your ego getting in the way. Our body, it's it's the lady in the green dress, uh, the red dress, right? It's the girl in the red dress. It is literally, it is you. It's part of your ego. It's your mind trying to keep you stuck yeah yeah it is like safe also quote unquote safe it might be that we feel really miserable where we are but there's something safe in how you feel right now because if you've been Mm -hmm. feeling really terrible or depressed or anxious the thought of feeling good and maintaining that is really scary it's really scary for people it was scary for me when I was and um, when I was really moving up to it and for a really long time I struggled with this I would pull myself back I would you know not prioritize myself I'd sell myself short and I would sabotage you're literally if you will not give yourself 10 minutes you are self-sabotaging and and you're choosing to do that so reflect on that mm-hmm. give yourself 10 minutes to sit there and journal and write down why am I self-sabotaging? Why can I not give myself 10 minutes? Because if you don't give yourself 10 minutes right now, your entire family, this is what happened to me, your entire family is going to have to give up their life for a year while you are 
incapacitated because that happened to me. Uh, so 10 minutes every single day is absolutely worth it because it is the worst thing on the planet to not be able to function, sorry, I'm going to cry, to not be able to look after your family, to not be able to be there to support your family and to go through that and that is just because you have not felt worthy enough to, to give yourself that to make yourself a priority, so please do it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's not a scare tactic. It's just I feel like it's truthful that it's like when we um, cut corners and when we don't give ourselves those 10 minutes, and 10 minutes is not fully goosebumps here, 10 minutes is not a big deal. Like in a 24-hour day, hello, 10 minutes. You know, but it's about... It's not about if you're going to burn out. It's about when it's going to happen because those 10 minutes stack on and on and on and on and on. And then sometimes, you know, the camel, the straw breaks the camel's back and that's what can happen. And so I'm not trying to do a fear mongering thing here, but I think that we all know and can see in our own lives how when we neglect ourselves, when we aren't taking that time, those 10 minutes, how we really can have those moments where it's like, oh no, now I'm sick or I've injured myself or, you know, even extreme situations like what you had to deal with. Yeah. And it's, by the way, like you get to pick today when that 10 minutes is. When it builds up, you don't get to pick. And I promise you, it is never a good time. <laughs> it's not at the time you need it to be. It is at the worst possible time because that is when your brain is screaming at you, not now, not now, not now, just hold it together. And it goes, no, too much. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So I think that's a nice segue into my next thing, which is get to know yourself. So getting to know yourself is a lot about, you know, it's kind of going on what Candace is talking about, which is, you know, being aware of what makes you feel vib vibrant, being aware of what allows you to feel your best. I wanted to talk about getting to know yourself in terms of mirror work and in terms of the high five habits. So mirror work is essentially when we go to the mirror in the morning, we take a moment to really look into our own eyes. We don't take a moment to look at our, our roots that are showing or our wrinkles or our imperfections, but actually taking that time to just look into our own eyes and seeing our own heart there. And one of the things that I think is absolutely so fantastic is that when we can take a moment to be with ourselves in the mirror, we can give ourselves an opportunity to really connect to ourselves, to ask ourselves, what is it that I'm feeling right now? What does support look like for me? And to really show up for ourselves in that way. So Louise Hay teaches about the concept of mirror work. And, you know, you go in, you look at yourself in the mirror, you ask yourself these questions, or you can even tell yourself nice things. And recently I read Mel Robbins' book, which is The High Five Habit. And I listened as well to a podcast where she talked about this. So basically you get up in the morning, you go to the mirror, you look at yourself in the mirror, you have a moment where you think like, how can I show up for myself today? What kind of support do I need to give myself? And then after you have that connection with your own heart, that you give yourself a high five in the mirror to go, all right, girl, here we go. And there's a whole scientific thing in terms of the mind and like a physical action really 
um, complementing each other. And I'm not an expert in that. So if you're wanting a scientific explanation of that, go check out Mel Robbins book. But the idea is that when we give someone a high five, we're saying, hey, you're great. We're like validating that person. And so as we take the time to get to know ourselves, and I think that a really easy way of doing it is brushing your teeth in the mirror or washing your face or moisturizing, you know, all the things that we do in the morning as our morning routine to really give ourselves that time to connect to ourselves, connect to our own heart and see what messages we have to say. Any thoughts Absolutely. on that one? I love, I love that time. Like any time that we go on autopilot, I think is a really beautiful time for us to just reflect and get to know, get to know ourselves a bit better. Like that brushing your teeth, you, that's, you know, a couple of minutes every morning and every night where you, you could be criticizing yourself or you could really be, you know, pumping yourself up. So I, I love that. I love mirror work. Mm -hmm. um, mirror work's helped a lot for me. So that's yeah, one of those things that should be on my list. But yeah, I love that. But I had your back, so it's all good. <laughs> all right, next one. So my next one is switching off. So this is we are in this society that never ever stops. People have, as much as we don't like to admit it, people have access to us pretty much 24 hours a day. Like you know, you see it at kit for kids at school. Um, I see it with my daughter at the moment. Like gone are the days where we would come home after school, and the only way you could communicate with your friends or even feel the pressure of the day was to walk down the street and go see, you know, Jesse or whatever, or pick up the phone or whatever. But we are bombarded every single day. It's like our phone away, um, emails phone calls, text messages, social media, the whole thing. And it can be the news. It can be from, it's coming at us from all, from all sides. So my number one is to set boundaries as to when you're going to allow these things into your life. And that can be with work that needs to be with social as well. So I don't know if anyone else gets this. Like, I mean, I get I get emails from from clients. I get emails from from I get like notifications all the time. I try and set my notifications off, um, but setting boundaries. So if it's for work, setting boundaries and going, okay, well, nobody will get a response from me between, you know, five p.m. at night and. 10 a.m. the next morning because mm. one that sense of precedent that I'm available all the time but also first thing in the morning and I find this very very hard because I a lot of mornings I have to check and make sure that I haven't had a booking come in late in Lauren you're probably exactly the same your website's open 24 hours right so I actually you can't book with me that that quick in advance within like within 10 hours or, or 24 hours okay yeah, and I probably need to change that because in the morning I feel I need to check and make sure that I haven't had anything change or maybe a cancellation or a reschedule or something like that. So, yeah. but it's really unsettling. First thing in the morning, 7 o'clock, you go to turn your alarm off and suddenly, oh, there's an email and it might be from a client or it might be from, and you don't even need to read that email, but it can create, trigger you, trigger you right? And it's like, yeah, and it's that, oh, and 
it doesn't even have to be something bad. It's just, I have to do this. This is now a to-do list. And it's the first thing your brain has received in the morning. This can be, I, I say this for friendships as well, because a lot of the time we get an email or a text. So everybody has that friend that needs stuff. And you might get a text from a friend because they're having a problem with a partner or a boyfriend or whatever. It's an on again, off again, or whatever it is. And they might be that person that texts you when they have a problem and giving yourself that space and going, you know what, over the weekend from, from Friday night till Sunday morning, I will not respond to anyone. What this actually does is both beneficial for you because your brain needs to shut off, right? We need to. But it's also beneficial for the other person because a lot of the times we all know the we all know that there's people like this and we love them. It's not a fault of it's not really a fault, it's just where they're at. But a lot of the time, and we might do it ourselves, a lot of the time when something goes wrong, it's like I have to test Lauren and find out what I should do. And rather than figuring that out for myself or having a think about how it will affect my life, I'll text Lauren. And then Lauren, there you go, it's on Lauren. But if you don't text me back, Lauren, I'm going to have to figure out how I feel about it and work on it. And I have found that when I do not respond to an email straight away or I do not respond back to a text message because the other thing is sometimes people message you and go can you do this and you go yes I can absolutely do that and you haven't quite thought through the logistics of what you have got on or you've forgotten something and then you have to let them down which is just a whole other story but giving yourself that buffer to one make sure how you feel about it to make sure that you can fit in this commitment or whatever but generally I do find that giving that buffer time 90% of the time when I come back, that problem has resolved itself. Because what we do as well when we offer a solution or offer our help to someone else's situation is we take away their power. We take away their opportunity for growth and for learning and and, and granted, they're handing it over, but still we, we're taking away their opportunity to learn mm-hmm. and often they're just taking on what we, you know, what we say as, oh, that's a great idea. I'm just going to do that because I didn't have to think about it or I didn't have to process how I really feel about it. The other reason is that if all hell breaks loose and it goes wrong, they don't have to blame themselves. They can blame you. So bringing it back, setting your boundaries, going These are my times that I will respond to work. These are the times I will respond to home life. These are the times I will respond to anyone that's not in my physical vicinity. It's going to create a boundary for you to walk away. And that does mean social media, turn off your notifications at night. You know, choose whether you are going to watch the television and watch the news go, okay, well, I'm not going to watch the news on from Friday to Sunday. If you feel you have to watch it during the week, awesome. Do it. If it makes you feel part of the world, fantastic. But give yourself a buffer. Give yourself a break. Set your boundaries because often how we're feeling, the anxiety, the overwhelm that we're feeling is not ours. It is taken on from everyone else. And when you strip that back, you've got a hell of a lot less to deal with than 
just what's going on with your own heart, mm -hmm. with your with your own world. I think too, noticing how you feel when you switch off. Like for me, when I switch off, I feel better, which is always truth for me. If yeah. I feel better about doing something, that's like a sign that that's a good decision for me. Yeah. And so, I think the other thing is, is if you, when you switch off, when you come back, you are, so when I do, you know, there are hours that I go, yes, I can now respond to my work emails or to my clients and stuff like that. My heart is in it. They get me a hundred percent. I'm not depleted. When people come into my healing space, they need me a hundred percent. I can't have been, you know, responding constantly and always on the go. I need to shut off. So when I do respond, it's the time that my energy is at the highest and I'm able to cope with it. Therefore, they're getting me at my best. They're not getting a, oh, I'm exhausted. I'll just right back and and deal with that they're actually getting a hundred percent of me i'm giving a hundred percent and i feel a lot better about it when i've set that boundary and switched mm -hmm. myself certain times i also teach that in time management how we have like allocated time to do things for example emails are never the priority and i know sometimes when people are service-based businesses like yourself you have to really be cognizant of that but when yeah. you choose those allocated times, you're also not as, uh, you know, kind of flustered because you can really be centered, deal with the things and then move on and do the next job. So my next secret is removing the guilt. And I wanted to remove the guilt uh, or add the remove the guilt because I think that our mind often tells us all the things we should do, can't like could have done, hadn't done, want to do, blah, blah, blah. And I think that when we sort of allow ourselves to have these feelings that continue or these, these thoughts that continue to kind of run around our mind, that it can really put us in a position of feeling less than and forgetting our, our value and our worth. And I think that when we can just, you know, go, you know what, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm operating at the level I'm at right now. I can't be everything for everyone. I'm just going to show up with what's truthful, what's here happening in the moment. Um, kind of like what you're talking about. I'm going to switch off on those things. Maybe I can't control or are already gone or aren't here yet. You know, just cut out there for a second. But one of the affirmations or one of the statements that I heard is why worry? It probably won't happen anyway. And I love that idea. And I know that in relation to guilt, it's like sometimes we have this guilt and guilt can also be wrapped up in fear, can be wrapped up in worry. And so I think that when we allow ourselves to just kind of remove that and go, you know what, I'm not going to feel guilty about speaking my truth, or I'm not going to feel guilty about, you know, the things that I, I no longer can change, you know, the situations that happened in the past where maybe I didn't act the way that I wish I had, or I would act differently now, you know, just kind of giving yourself again, it kind of complements the whole idea of forgiveness. But I think that when I was thinking about the things that really stop ourselves from loving ourselves, it's very often because we we live in these like guilt and shame spirals that really stop us from being able to move forward. The other thing I want to say as well around guilt is that if you choose to do something, assuming of course, you're not going to hurt anyone and all that, but that you want to make sure that you're really backing yourself and you are there fully. So for example, if you want to eat a chocolate cake, or maybe not the whole cake, but if you want to eat a piece of chocolate cake, do it without guilt. Do it mindfully. 
you know, sit there and notice the texture of it. Notice the smell, notice how it tastes, you know, savor the bites in your mouth, notice all of the things about it and really be there fully and don't be guilty or guilt ridden while you're eating it. I think a big part about, you know, when I was talking about removing guilt, and one of the things I wanted to bring it up is because I think sometimes people take actions and they have this sort of mindset or this sort of feeling that they shouldn't be doing something. Like, for example, maybe having that second cup of coffee or eating that piece of chocolate cake or sleeping in or knocking off work early to go do something. And I think that if we can honor where we're at, if we can be mindful, if we can be paying attention to the things that light us up and make us feel good, I think we'll make decisions that really support ourselves. And so if we can learn to remove the guilt and just be truthful with how we're feeling and honoring that, I think it'll help us a lot with elevating in our self-love. Absolutely. And like um, that really comes down to like living in the now. If you are living in yeah. the present right now, guilt doesn't come into it. Guilt is is the past. You are very yeah. talented. You are eating a chocolate cake and you're feeling guilty about it right at this moment because that is that takes a lot of self-control to keep eating it if you're feeling guilty physically while you're eating it. But Well, a lot of people are emotional eaters and do do that actually. But, yeah, but if you're but mindful, you probably won't If you're mindful about it, you're being in the now and you recognise how it's going to make you feel or how it makes you feel at that time, um, yeah. I, that, that definitely comes down to it. But understanding, yeah, that anything that's happened in the past is not changeable. All we can do is make better choices going forward so you know leaving that guilt exactly where it is in the past and going okay I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to step forward and I'm I'm going to do my best to not make those choices again and that's mm -hmm. you know and I'm going to grow from it and that's all I think we can yeah do yeah. if we can let 100%. go of guilt beautiful okay it's probably get, going to segue into your next one. Exactly. Get comfortable <laughs> saying no. So this is so hard for so many people, and I think I've touched on it a fair bit about setting boundaries, but this is a really different thing. We, we tend to want to people please, and when you truly love yourself, you'll realise that what you want matters just as much as what someone else wants, and it's not actually serving anybody doing anything that you don't want to do because you won't give it 100%. You'll likely, it'll come across, you'll likely make the other people feel a little bit bad or you'll, we have a tendency of if we don't want to do something and we've agreed to do it, we do have a tendency of making people aware that we're not comfortable in that position or that we mm -hmm. felt obligated to be in that position, right? So get comfortable saying no and stop people-pleasing. Prioritizing yourself is just incredibly important and it really does come down to understanding that, I guess, taking responsibility for ourselves because when you start to understand or when we start to understand that our own happiness only falls on us, how I feel about myself and my happiness, my health, my happiness, my self-love, how I fit into the world, 
doesn't come down to anybody else but me. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. I don't want to do something and I choose to do it, then I have to accept the consequences. Generally, when we say yes to something that we really want to say no to, it's pretty much so we can go, yeah, but I didn't want to do that anyway. Well, if you didn't want to do it, don't do it. Because generally we're just handing our power over to someone else and choosing to put ourselves back into a spiral of not prioritizing ourselves. So learning to say no is so important about taking responsibility for our own happiness, our own health, our own well-being. It doesn't serve anyone around you if you are not 100% there when you say yes to something. It also doesn't allow anyone to get close to you either. So when you're people-pleasing and you're saying yes to things, nobody actually knows you. You're lying. Like generally we are. I was a big people pleaser. I would change my personality pretty much to whoever I was around because I didn't feel confident in myself in who I was. So if someone asked me to do something, even if it wasn't something that I had any interest in in doing, or if I liked something, oh, yeah, I like that. Like I would go and drink or eat something that I didn't even like because Mm. I wanted to feel accepted so you're doing yourself a disservice because you almost start painting this picture of yourself like oh well who I am is not enough but you're also everyone around you gets to know you as this person who oh they're easygoing and oh yeah she really likes that or he loves to go do this he always says yes to this I'm going to invite him again I'm going to I'm going to let's do it again they came last time yeah Let's invite them. And then you're in this endless cycle of nobody actually knows what you like and you're not happy. So you're not even elevating the situation. Generally, your energy is going to be lower. So understanding that you're worth it, saying no, and it doesn't have to be in an abrupt, horrible way. It can just be like, hey, actually, I'm not comfortable with that. Or I would really love to hang out, but that's not a situation that I would want to put myself in. Or, you know, I don't have an interest in that, but, hey, if you guys are doing this next week, then that would be awesome. That would really interest me. So how do you feel about that? Uh, I think that when, you know, we say yes to things that we don't want to do, that we are, like you were talking about, we're choosing other people instead of ourselves. So I think that's important. Sometimes I have had to have that conversation with myself where I go, no, I said no to that because I chose me. I didn't choose that other thing. I chose me and I love myself enough to put myself first. And I think that's a big, a big thing. I also, uh, when I teach people to say no, one of the things that I always recommend people do is practice because I think that sometimes what happens is that we know we want to say no to certain things, but when we haven't practiced saying it, like when we practice a lot of saying yes, for example, or like you're talking about really maybe kind of being a little bit of a chameleon and becoming who people want us to be. We kind of forget who we are, but we also forget how to to say no. So I always recommend starting to say no to small things. Like, so for example, Hey, can you do this? No, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not available. And then you could always say, Oh no, I am available, but I wanted to practice that. Or even if you're driving around in your car, learning different ways of saying no, and even just saying no is enough. We don't have to elaborate further than that. 
one of the things that I always like to recommend people do as well is like, no, I'm not available for that or no, but I can recommend somebody else or I'm sorry, I don't do that for you or the tips that you gave as well about saying no. So it's kind of like in a way having a couple of those backup statements that you can pull on because I think what gets sort of people get caught up with is when they're caught off guard and they don't know what to say. Like I know I've been invited before to like a kid's birthday party and we were like, no, um, we don't want to go to that. Sorry. <laughs> like we don't have kids. It's not for us. And you know, like that's just the truth. And so, and I think people also can respect when you just are honest with yourself. It's like, no, I don't feel like I'm going to fit in there because I don't have a kid and it's not really for me, but can we catch up at another time and do something else? And so I think that when we kind of get familiar and comfortable with being honest and saying no, it'll become a lot easier. And I think that when we remember that, yeah, you're, you may disappoint some people, but the people who mind don't matter and the people who matter don't mind. So, you know, that's the thing. Did I say that correctly? I, those who yeah, mind yeah, don't yeah. matter and those who matter don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. And and you said it like if if you do say yes, then they get into their they believe, oh, well, Lauren loved it last time you came to the kids' birthday Yeah, she party. loves kids' birthday she parties. Oh, my gosh. No. Come to the jumping castle with us. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. I know we kind of. I don't know why Lauren's not having a good time right now. She said she wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing that I think that was really helpful for me when I rem remembered for myself that, oh, wait a minute, when I say yes to something I don't want to do, I'm choosing that situation, I'm choosing them. And like you're talking about, then you're even not showing up authentically. But when we go, no, I'm not going to do the things I don't want to do, we show up for ourselves. And that's really key and important. So the next one, I know we've got a few to kind of power through here. Um, uh, being your body. This wasn't originally on my list. And then I changed it out this morning because I did some yoga. And I remember when I met this woman on a plane one time, she was telling me about yoga and she was like, yoga is what you do when you love yourself. And I really do feel a completely different sense of love and respect for myself when I'm doing yoga than with anything else, honestly. And I know that, you know, yoga for some people, it's not for everybody. It is, I think it is for everybody, honestly, as long as you find the style that suits you, the method that suits you, the teacher that suits you. I think that there's something really for everyone within that. But when I do yoga, I feel such a deep connection with who I am, with myself in my body that there's like this centering of this deep awareness and it's out of the intellect, you know, and when you're somewhat like for myself, and I don't know if you're like this, but for me, I'm very often in my mind a lot of the time because I'm learning a lot. I'm thinking about business and I've got a lot of stuff going on in my mind. So when I can be in my body, quiet myself and be in my body, I feel like sometimes that's where I've truly arrived into the center of my soul because I'm out of the intellect and I just am in my heart, you know, and I feel like a big part of that for me is when I'm doing my yoga practice. It's actually probably the time that I really feel that over any other thing in general. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I do think, I do think we, our bodies are one of the things that we probably give ourselves the most criticism about. So when you can truly be present and accept like, you know, a lot of people want to be out of their bodies. Like we would, a lot of us would happily trade it. So when you can nurture your body and 
actually truly connect with it in an authentic way like yoga or um or any way that you just feel grounding is another great one um grounding and meditation so yeah yoga but yoga allows that real connection um i'm i'm loving i love that yes for sure because often often especially in spirituality we we try to disconnect away from our bodies right but we are a body we are you know we're in this vessel in this lifetime so you do need to love it and respect and connect with it Mm-hmm. And, and be in it and be yeah, in I feel it a lot of the times I like hover above my body I remember yeah. I went to a yoga class one time and the teacher was like just feel into your feet and I went I can't feel my feet <laughs> she goes, what? like I can't I really and so she said lift your toes and put them back down and that really helped me a lot to really center in but the times of me being in my body are few and far between because I am so often in my in your head yeah exactly and and often higher as well especially if you're on any kind of spiritual you know we're trying to connect in we're trying to you know ascend or or awaken so it's very important to to bring ourselves back down otherwise your body will start screaming in ways that we don't want yeah we don't want to it'll find a way to bring you back in and it'll generally be uncomfortable and painful so yeah Oh, thanks. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'll just connect now. So, uh, yeah, my last one on my list, which is just all-encompassing, be kind to yourself. So it's really about accepting, as you said, everything that you've done without guilt, forgiving yourself, understanding that you're exactly where you are because, yes, because of the choices you make, but that every choice you make now going forward you're in a thousand percent in control of your own health and well-being you are in control of your thoughts even though we like to think that we're not we are um and be kind to yourself meaning it's okay if you made a mistake it's okay if you ate that chocolate cake when you were feeling bad the the choice makes to recenter now and to make new choices going forward and you know understanding that where you are right now that no amount of worry or negative self-talk is actually going to make your situation any better so you may as well recenter yourself come into your body and go okay i forgive you i love you we are where we are right now let's move forward with with love and self-compassion and positivity and start making you know better choices or healthier choices or you know let's start doing those things that i know make me feel better so yeah allow yourself to to rest and to do what really resonates with you um you know you know what makes you feel good you do um so just come back in Talk to yourself, place your hands on your body. This is one thing I I like to do, especially when I don't quite know what's going on. It's like, okay, where am I feeling it? Oh, my heart's like, I've got palpitations. Sit in your heart, close your eyes, take a deep breath and go, I love you. What is going on? What can I do for you right now in this moment that is going to make you feel a little bit better? And 
the first thing that comes to your head might not always be supportive. It might be everybody needs to pee off. Okay, yep, <laughs> great. Thank you. I understand. I accept that. Can't quite make that happen. What else do you need? What can I do right now? And eventually, if you literally start listening, it will tell you. And it's usually just listen to me, hug me, hold me, give me a minute. So, yeah, just be kind. Um, if I, I think we get so much thrown at us and we get a lot of negativity from everyone else, we don't need to throw negativity at ourselves. There's enough going around. Just throw some love at yourself. Be accepting. Your body is beautiful your mind is beautiful your soul is the most beautiful so just embrace it and go I'm here I'm in this body it's as perfect as it's going to be right in this moment and I accept it I love it so beautiful I think too like one of the things I learned on my show uh on the afterlight podcast shameless plug is um I had a <laughs> guest on there Layla Taylor I think I've talked to about her to you before but oh yeah so she's talking a lot about compassion for self you know and she was talking about like maybe there'll be a situation where she might yell at her kids or something I'm paraphrasing here but and then she might go oh I wish I hadn't reacted like that but then thinking about oh no well why did I do that like what are what were the things that led up to oh I haven't had a lot of self-care I haven't had a lot of sleep or I haven't done and kind of like understanding a bit about where you're coming from and that really changed my life, that message, because it allowed me to kind of remember that we're doing the best we can and that when we can be compassionate with ourselves on our journey, then we really give ourselves kind of the best chance, the best shot where it's like, oh, I can see where I did that or said that. And it's like, oh, OK, I can see the things that led up to that. All right. Well, I feel a little bit more understanding of myself and less harsh and less punishing of myself when I realize I'm just doing the best that I can. Yeah. And generally when those things come up, like you lash out or whatever, it's like, Oh, hold on. I thought I was so Zen right now. My body's yeah. trying to tell me something. There's something going on that I probably need to address. Yeah. And definitely yeah. understanding that any journey is never going to be like whether it's a healing journey like I think our entire lives are a healing journey personally but you know there's going to be setbacks there's going to be moments where hold on five minutes ago I was feeling incredible why am I now feeling these feelings that I thought I dealt with before just be kind to yourself and understand yeah it's coming up because maybe there's something that I didn't quite address or maybe there's something that that just needs a little bit more love or maybe it just maybe it's just here to remind me how far I've come and that tomorrow I'm going to feel heaps better so just understanding coming back into the moment and saying it's okay it's okay wherever I am because it's this is you know if, if you can admit to yourself that I'm going to choose to make choices different I'm going to nurture myself and where I am at this very moment is the worst I'm ever going to feel, it's kind of empowering because I can make changes going forward or I can choose to give myself more time or whatever. Um, yeah, you can really start coming into your heart and looking after yourself a bit better, loving yourself. 
So my next one or my last one is feel better now. And I think a big part about elevating in self-love is getting clear on what we can do to feel a little bit better now. And I was going to talk about backing your big idea and like giving yourself an opportunity to dream big, but sorry, my dog is kicking George. I'm live right now. <laughs> um, so I think that when we can remember to feel better now, that that is a decision. It's exactly like what you talked about. Sometimes we we're going through something and we're not feeling our best, or we are, you know, maybe feeling anxious or we're feeling maybe a bit sad or a bit down. What is the one thing I can do right now to feel a little bit better in this moment? And sometimes it's walking away from a situation or it's going and washing your hands with cold water, or it's going outside, or it's listening to a good song, or it's petting your dog, or it's doing something that's going to kind of take you out of that frame of mind and help you to feel a little bit better now. And a big part, I think, about, you know, elevating in self-love is understanding that we're not going to go from no self-love to like the most amount of self-love and sustain that in one go. It's about building those micro line steps. It's about building those skills. It's about taking time every day to give back to ourselves those 10 minutes that you were talking about earlier, which is like, what can I do right now to really nurture myself or feel a little bit better in this moment? And so I think that when we remember that our number one job is to feel good, then we can do that then we actually allow ourselves to grow in love because we're not going to be sitting there feeling like, oh, I'm a victim or I am, I'm a bad person or I'm not enough or something. We're going to go, you know what? I can do one thing right now to feel a little bit better. And what does that look like for me? And I think sometimes that, you know, when that idea comes up, people kind of go, yeah, but maybe I want to feel bad right now. Maybe I want to sort of wallow and sit within that. And if you choose to do that, that is fine. But it's just remembering that if you don't want that, if you just get really clear with yourself and go, what's the one little thing I can do right now to feel a little bit better in this moment, that slowly and surely you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and you can continue along your journey. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And making sure that if, if what you do need is, if you do need to wallow, I mean, I, I, I don't like wallowing, but if you do need to cry it out, like sometimes feeling better, it's not about um, it's not about getting into a negative thought pattern and it, amplifying the situation. Sometimes it's about feeling it. I think it's really important to feel it and to get mm -hmm. those feelings out, whether it's crying or frustration, get it out so that you can feel better. Um, yeah, and understanding and accepting that that you do have a choice. You, we do have a choice. And when you choose to take that ownership and go, okay, well, I'm either going to keep feeling this way or I'm going to do something, one little thing right now to feel a little bit better so that tomorrow I feel not as bad as today and so that there's that slow progression upwards I suppose rather than rather than amplifying it and giving up because then it doesn't matter what direction you go if you don't if you don't understand what what you what truly makes you happy and what your body needs then nobody is ever going to actually be able to make you feel better no one is going to be able to love you 
fully and completely fill that void unless you know how to make yourself feel better, if you know how to love yourself. Because when you love yourself fully, the love from someone else just elevates it that much more. And, yeah, so I hope that Beautiful. Makes sense. Well, thank you for another great, fantastic chat, my sister. So how can people get a hold of you if they would like to work with you? I know that um, you're based in Australia. A lot of our yeah. listeners are also in different parts of the world, but you do do work online. I put a link do, to Candice's contact as well in the show notes or in the content here. Yeah, so the best way to get in touch with me is either via my website, which is laramalighthealing.com.au. I do online sessions. Um, you can email me if you want to work with me. I do do work within my healing space, which if you're watching is behind me. That's in Backers Marsh in Victoria in Australia. Um, otherwise, uh, Facebook and Instagram, I'm always checking those sorts of messages. Give me a couple of days because sometimes I don't have my notifications on. That's that boundaries things that off. I need that I need to but I do check them every couple of days to make sure that I can connect so just reach out I love having a chat about people's journeys and seeing where they're at and it might not be even if I can't help sometimes I can recommend or or point you in a direction that you might need so that's closer to home if that's how it is beautiful and um, Lauren Grace, if you want to connect with me over on Instagram or Facebook at Lauren Grace Inspirations. And I'd also like to encourage you to join my new challenge, which is Master Your Mindset, a 21 confidence. And that's available now on my website. So if you are resonating with the things that we've been talking about today on the show and you're ready really to go to the next level, Every single day, I walk you through a different exercise and training. You get a full color workbook and an audio training from me as well for every day to really assist you in growing even more in confidence. So thank you so much for being on the show. We'll be back next month. Can't wait. Thank you. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.